Welcome back to Africa Knows. Today we're joined by Henry and Barira Mohamed, a historian and director of research at Plateau State University in Bokos, Nigeria. In this conversation, Dr. Mohamed explains the need to engage with the peculiarity of Africa and the need for African scholars to assert themselves in those discussions about the peculiarity of Africa. But they also talk about some really interesting other things, including Professor Bala Usman and his incredible legacy in African history, as well as the continuing resistance against it. And they also touch on the nitty gritty of peer review that seems maybe totally trivial to you, but it's so essential for making African science grow. She starts with a vivid picture of the complex impact that COVID has had on her life as a scholar and a teacher. And so here is Dr. Mohammed. I think that um, COVID-19 for us in Africa, but especially for us in Nigeria, we were badly hit because we didn't have the support or the infrastructure to navigate around um, the challenges that it would pose for us in the academy. First of all, our first experience with COVID was that um, um, we had a lockdown. For us, unlike the global um, uh, north where people could um, have online classes, a lockdown meant a total lockdown for us. It meant total lockdown from um, class um, teaching. Academics. Yes. It also also meant for us, for most of us who didn't have online access to libraries um, outside, um, meant we were also uh, not able to do research like we should because we were home. Um, libraries were not open and that most of our universities do not have um, online access to libraries. So that halted, that had a lot of impact on our research because we were not able to you know, write papers like we should because we didn't have access to libraries. Um, a few words from my own personal experience because I, I had friends who all are from South Africa where I studied who had access to their libraries so I could use their access to um, get materials yeah. to study. Yeah. Otherwise, research was um, almost non-existent for us because of the COVID-19. So, yes. But on a personal experience, what were you able to achieve, for instance, during the COVID-19 lockdowns and all of that? Yes, um, the two sides are acquiring because schools were shut down, I had the opportunity to travel because I didn't have lectures. So I got... Um, the French um, embassy gave me a fellowship. I went to Dakar, Senegal, and there I was able to um, spend one month, uh, three weeks, worked, um, at the University of um, Senegal, Dakar, there. Uh, there I was able to do a few of my research. So for me, it was um, an opportunity that COVID presented to me I wouldn't have had that opportunity because it would have been difficult to leave my primary assignment to go on that fellowship because we're understaffed in my yeah. department. But the COVID gave me that opportunity that I otherwise would not have had. But it's quite interesting. The yes. French gave you a, a, a fellowship to study in Dakar. Yes. It's quite a, an interesting thing, African-African mm -hmm. scholarship. How did you cope with, uh, with the barrier of language 
Yes, it is my first, very most difficult experience in all my travels around the world. Yes. Um, in Dakar, I had a serious language uh, problem. It was a whole yes. impediment, but I was lucky. I'd already had a contact in the university, a professor Momodu, who could speak both English and French. Yes. So he was uh, uh, my host, and um, he made it a bit a lot easy for me to navigate. But it was quite difficult navigating outside that circle. I could not uh, navigate uh, Dakar on my own, so it was quite yeah. difficult. But he made it quite easy for me uh, in terms of being an interpreter, yeah. taking me around. But does that mean that there is a language barrier in African academia, most especially in West Africa now, looking at where we come from, where Nigerian academics, where Anglophone and the Francophone-speaking uh, countries would have their own uh, system. Yes, uh, um, that opened my eyes to the dichotomy mm. we have in West Africa. I never thought around it. To say that um, the, both the Anglophone uh, West Africa and the Francophone West Africa are, practice two different kind of scholarships. Yes. That both of us are not aware of a kind of scholarship because okay. we are not able to read, uh, interface, yes, with, or interact with ourselves, yeah. each other's work. So I really didn't know a lot about um, Dakar and the work that's happening in Dakar uh, because it's French-speaking. And so I'm unable to access um, uh, 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 or network with colleagues like I should from um, the Anglophone West Africa. So that also um, was an interesting experience, but then also was... The reflective one. Yes. Um, I, I have been wondering how then as scholars can we overcome this language barrier? How can we interface with ourselves, uh, Anglophone and uh, Francophone um, West Africa? What kind, of, uh, what kind of opportunity will we have to come together and be interacting? Well, if you were to now think of something, what would you suggest? I would think that we should have more conferences together. That should be a good starting point. More conferences uh, where we interact, uh, more workshops together across these two divides so that we then begin to know our scholarship. I think we should have more fellowships uh, where we all visit our universities. We all you know, get to come around these universities. I think that will help us. Okay. Yes. Because I, I, I remember talking to you when you were in Dakar. And yes. I I think that thought crossed that thought crossed my mind. How are you coping? I I for one would mm -hmm. be lost yeah. if I were in Dakar. I I am a completely uh, useless uh, linguistics person. I I English and Hausa are the only languages I seem to know myself. Yeah, yeah. And so I I I I I was wondering. Well. If you're not a polyglot, you're in trouble sometimes. Exactly. I, I, that experience made me to realize the importance of language. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, it made me interested in uh, wishing, I, of course, I also am very terrible at learning new languages. I wish that I could learn, because I could not um, know Dakar like I should. Otherwise, I've gone to so many parts of the world that I was able to tour around and enjoy. I didn't really enjoy the car like I should because of the language barrier. Okay. I couldn't particularly take taxis. I, just, I didn't know anything in French that I, I can help myself around. So everything had to be done for me. Yeah. I ate food that I had no intention of eating because I couldn't understand what was written, honestly. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what has it been like 
being the director of research of a university? I had to, um, I, I, I'm having to, the challenge of, you know, infrastructure that Nigerian universities face. Um, but it's an interesting because you get to interface with your colleagues. Um, you have a lot of responsibility, the responsibility of ensuring that um, research is um, at the core of uh, everything in the university, uh, helping to give a sense of direction to the research in the university. And so it's both an interesting and as well as a challenging um, period, you know. So, so would you say, with your experience in South Africa, for instance, now you you have you did your PhD in South Africa, and with what you are having to work with in a classroom in Patrick State University, mm. what would you say would are your biggest disconnects. The way we see African history, I think, is to disconnect. I am a historian. That's my training. Yes. That's my my my, my uh, discipline. Yes, and so this is uh, the disconnect for me is the way we see and practice uh, history in Nigeria is quite different from the way that people see and practice history in South in Africa. South Africa. Yes. And so we. For me, I think when the discussion about the global south and the global north, I think South Africa, to me, in terms of um, the way things are practiced, is more global north than global south. And so here we are in the global south, and there's certain issues that we have taken. We for for me in Nigeria, you know, being a student at ABU, I thought I took for granted that it had been resolved. Yeah. Now, the issue of how to write history, yeah. historical what constitutes historical sources. Um, I thought had been, you know, something that has been dealt with. But I was confronted with it again when I went to South Africa. I saw um, the attempt to, you know, for, of the Western perception of history um, coming into play and how it defines or how it wants history to be written and in um, evaluating some written sources over and above um, oral sources. Yes. And so um, here in Plato State University, where I teach my students history, and the core of it is um, oral sources. Because our history, if we were to recount uh, the history that the Western scholars have termed pre-colonial, um, um, we will have to rely largely on, um, re on oral, oral sources. sources. Yeah. Except we have then to depend on uh, colonial sources that are not very um, um, do not give the proper uh, representation and so but I was these sources were challenged in South Africa where uh, when we were doing our proposal writing and looking at the kind of sources we were going to use for our kind of history and the idea of archival sources came to play and that was what was central for, for, yeah. for them in South Africa that you, you needed, you know, archival, what archival sources will you be using? Yeah. And for me in Nigeria, I thought that was not something we should be debating in the 21st um, yeah. century and that um, historical sources could be archival, uh, but they also could be read, uh, um, oral. Yeah. And so not, none of them are way I, I better. Read, yes. And so... Yeah. Interestingly... That brings us to, I think, a very important part of the discourse. Yes. 
the issue of legitimizing history. Yes. Uh, I know we had we had a discussion on at one point or the other mm. with you about trying to get a confirmation on certain sources. Mm -hmm. And your insistence was your supervisor now mm -hmm. insisted that the confirmation com must come from also official sources. Mm -hmm. So even if there is an oral source, mm -hmm. he wants not just the oral clarification, but there must be backing. Yes, by reinforced by, by, by that. By, uh, by, by an official document or yes, something yes, like that. Yes. Sort of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, knowing African sources, most especially Nigerian sources, mm -hmm. In many cases, mm -hmm. official documents are not available. Mm -hmm. I had a, 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 I once had to discuss paper, a, a paper. Uh, once had to write a paper with a, a colleague, David Ahad, concerning documentation mm -hmm. and how documents in African African documents, African source documents, are problematic. Mm -hmm. And it just shows us now you have oral evidence. Mm -hmm. But you don't have a backup document mm -hmm. that is official or mm -hmm. written mm -hmm. that will. Does it make the oral document invalid? It should not. It should not. It should not. That's why I said, for yes. me, having my training in ABU, these discussions have been dealt with yes. with Bala Usman and the ABU School of History. Yes. Well, we 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 had rested that case. I we, I didn't think that it was an issue. Of course, again, it was because of my narrow. Um, Worldview. I don't think it was narrow, but I think it was basically your 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 African scholar worldview. If you say narrow, basically, it's well, I meant it in terms of my interactions with the global north. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I was yeah. my interaction was very, yeah. quite a bit narrow. Yes. It was within the global south, and but then when I began to interact with the global north, I found out that, and this is my candid opinion, that the global north always wants to set the the pace. It was always set the agenda. Um, the peculiarities of African societies are strange to it, but it doesn't want to come to terms with the fact that we are peculiar mm. and the way we therefore have to write ourselves yeah. in different ways. It's shocking. For my supervisor, he, he sometimes wouldn't understand when I talk about the issue, identity issues that we grapple yes. with in JAWS. He sometimes assumed that I was exaggerating it or creating. Mm. And so some of these peculiarities... Another thing is when you come to what is defined as the informal sector yes. or what they say subsistent agriculture. agriculture yeah. It's quite difficult to see that though um, the whole agriculture, so-called, yeah. produces millions of naira. And so the, the argument between what then becomes subsistent agriculture, is it agriculture that the Europeans assumed were only feeding households? Uh, now the agriculture that people are practicing that is you know, taking millions to the bank. Yes. Can we still categorize that as subsistence agriculture? And so you were grappling with all of this terminologies. Yes. And so um, Western scholarship does not want to shift, shift um, yes. ground or try to then readjust some of these terminologies. It assumes that um, it's fixed, cannot be challenged yes. at all, to accommodate the present realities of um, um, Africa, yeah. Africa's peculiarity. And so this is the problem that we African scholars or um, African uh, scholars have to grapple with, you know. 
Um, another thing is in the attempt, okay, as a director of research, in the attempt, one of the things that we face is where African, uh, our scholars, our colleagues write their papers. And so we have to deal with that. Because this also translates to journal papers. If the West sets this agenda, does not conform, therefore when we write journal papers, we will also then begin to have contention over some of the things that are included, the concepts. Yes, that's, and so that's, that's interesting. Mm. But it's still this is a very important aspect of this discussion because the truth about it is uh, a lot of African scholars mm -hmm. would complain that in many cases they write papers mm -hmm. and their papers don't fit and conform to Western standards, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to journals. Mm. And so we have a big challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of African scholars are not in Scopus mm -hmm. because African scholars cannot meet the rigors mm -hmm. of Western scholars. But these standards, mm -hmm. as you see them, mm -hmm. do you think that the standards can be set for African scholarship concerning African knowledge mm -hmm. by the West? Do you think it's right? I don't think it's right. Uh, while I, I, I wouldn't make excuses for, for us, I feel that it's a global um, academy yeah. and therefore we all strive to be present. Um, again, you, you, the standard of what we see as international journals, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a global north thing. Uh, 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 the global north does not think that it should appear in our own peer review journals because it does not see our peer review journals as up to standard. Um, However, uh, as we strive to also uh, be included in the conversations in the journals in the global south, we then come across, you know, gatekeeping. One, by African scholars who are in the global north, who then have become gatekeepers, um, have raised the bar over and above that which we can um, deal with. Um, and they also then... Uh, interpret the way that we should because they are from Africa, yes, they so are they, Africans. They, 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 hold, yes. they hold the, as you said, gatekeeping, they yes. hold the keys yes. to accessing this academia journal. in the West. Yes. I think we had, we had uh, a few days ago, you and I had mm, a conversation. Those conversations, There yes. was, uh, well, for the sake of this conversation, uh, a particular scholar who basically denigrated your work. Yes. Um, true. Um, what I will say is that uh, because they are from Africa, yes, the West. Now he, has, he to to clarify, he is an African scholar. Yes, specifically are, a Nigerian scholar mm -hmm. who, after your work going through peer review, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I. But what I'm saying is. Um, because they are African scholars, this yeah. is another thing that we, we have to deal with. Yeah. Because they are African scholars, the West sees them as um, they authorities. See them, yes, they then become authorities. They then in turn define the kind of conversations. They also then define the kind of sources. They also define how we interpret um, these sources. And therefore, they are unchallenged. I think our responsibility as global as, as scholars from the global south is to position ourselves to be able to um, challenge this position. Uh, I feel that we should not shy away from it. I feel that we should work hard. Uh, my own experience is that what I decided to do is um, take a breather, 
come back uh, and intend to challenge this uh, position yes. uh, um, seriously. So we, we, we must, if we as, as scholars from the Global South um, attempt to assert ourselves yes. in this very uh, conversations, I yes. think that it's our responsibility to assert ourselves, not to allow our voices to be silenced. Um, and that's very important. Uh, so I, I think that we should come together as um, scholars from the Global South um, away from the, 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 the uh, overriding influence of the scholarship from the Global um, North um, to then begin to also define um, the contours of, 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 of research yeah. for us because yeah. it's our lived experience. I think that we should then, our voices should be very uh, uh, dominant in conversations, uh, in, in um, conferences. Yes, yes. it becomes difficult because, again, we have the issue of, um, of visas. Yes, where we are almost, Yes, visas and funding. Where our voices are almost absent on conversations on the global south. And therefore, that is where the... Uh, scholars, the African scholars who are in the global north, then become the major authorities because we from the global south who are scholar who are working in the universities in the global south uh, are practically absent from that. Now, what, what, what do you think about the possibility of the global south setting its own standards and working within its own confines? Do you think it's a financial challenge or is it, uh, or, or would it be just the fact that we don't have the intellectuals? capable of setting these standards? We have financial challenge, you know, we have infrastructural issues, but again, we also have validation. Okay. Again, so you, if you, you look at all the attempts, yes. um, there's um, the Lagos um, Studies Association, yes. you find out that it exists because it, a support system comes from scholars from the global um, yes. north. No. So, um, the African um, uh, Association for Africa mm. also ha is an attempt by the global um, south to assert itself, but then you find out that, again, it gets its major support from the global um, north. north. Uh, so, I think that it's, 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 it's doable, but it's um, going to be... Uh, very challenging process, mm -hmm. uh, the, but it's something that we cannot shy away from. This is mm -hmm. my assessment from um, our interactions, yes. that we begin to look and see how we begin to assert ourselves in these conversations. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges that we have as scholars within the universities in Nigeria, especially, mm -hmm. is the fact that we do not have the kind of funding. Um, I think funding will help us uh, because we can then float online journals. Yeah. That's one. If we float online journals um, and do the vigor of uh, editing, yes. because I think that some of the works are just editing issues yeah. that can be dealt with. But then okay. we, yes. Let's, let's, let's go back to this editing issue. Yeah. I think, because I think uh, with this conversation, I believe, and you're, you're a director of research, yeah. and so a lot of proposals, a lot of documents come to your table. Now, what is the editing challenge? 
in African scholarship? Yes. Um, we do not... Our works are not subjected to professional editing. Yes. yes. Apart from peer review. Yes. Well, both editing and peer review. Yes. 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 So professional editing and peer review. Yes. Um, so uh, one of the problems that we have for journals, African journals, or Nigerian journals, yes. is the fact that the vigor of peer review sometimes is absent yes. because of the way the promotions are in in Nigeria. Okay. And so you quickly require the pressure of work. Uh, most of our universities are teaching universities yes. more than research universities. Yes. And so you are overwhelmed by teaching. The teaching load is overwhelming. And so people then tend to write quite, you know, very uh, shoddy... Um, Pedestrian people. Yes. And so yes. And, and that is not really subjected to, um, to serious peer, serious peer review. Uh, sometimes the, the journals are constrained financially. Yes. And so they'll have to take money from the scholars. And if you take people's money, then therefore you have to publish them. Yes. But where you have a different source of income, you're able to um, employ um, good editors. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that our journals would be you know, better journals. Well, I think we have a sustainability problem now. Yes. So you can have a journal. And it's interesting. I never really looked at it that way. So you're telling me now that basically... For every journal article I pay for, mm -hmm. I'm entitled yes. for my article to be published. Almost. It's like it's like a given, you know. Yes. It's an unwritten code that we're colleagues, and so you pay for a journal, 20000 30000 it's quite expensive. Yes. And then um, that journal would not be published, knowing that that will then stop you from accessing research. So um, your, I mean, accessing yeah, your promotion, promotion yeah. and so we, 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 so, uh, we are together in it. So people then ex help colleagues yeah. by just printing their work in um, in, in journals, yes. Yes. you know. Yes. And so I think that I. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I think that um, the best way we can is to ensure that universities are supported with funds, outside colleagues' um, money for journal uh, charges, yes. so that we're able to do good work. It should take a little while, but we have to be intentional, mm. very deliberate about it. I feel that eventually our journals will become um, A rated journals uh, if we. Uh, continue. Yes. So, what? Even at that, do you think that basically African scholarship is at all times being denigrated? Because I, you, you raised a lot of issues here concerning even African scholars themselves. We pay for our papers to be assessed, and being that you pay for it, you expect a a, a bit of backtracking when it comes to certain rigorous uh, interventions or rigorous demands from peer review. Do you think that if it were that the rigors of peer review were actually standardized and there was no initial payment by contributors themselves, mm -hmm. are things would be any different? I think they will be better, from my own experience. Okay. Yes, there will be, because you will get um, feedbacks that you can work on, um, and you will improve your paper. I have had those opportunities 
where I get feedbacks and my paper is um, the better for it. Yes. And so, and then it creates and generates very interesting conversations. <laughs> and so I've been to a um, writing workshop where my people generated a lot of inter uh, interest. What it means is that all we need is just that uh, um, sense of direction in terms of assisting uh, um, colleagues uh, with um, comments, valuable comments uh, that peer review affords them to help. And so I think they will be better. Thanks for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. There will be many more to follow, so stay tuned. You can also go to www.africanose.eu for much more information. And if you have any thoughts, comments, ideas on hosts or guests or any other things to share, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs>